is Express FM. Supported by Southern Co-op. We are passionately pumping. Begins look forward, work together to create a Portsmouth football club that we can all be proud to be associated with. Pure, unadulterated pumping. It's a massive club, it's a massive opportunity for me. I know this atmosphere is special. I can't wait to see you at Full House and it rocking. Action and reaction. This is a huge football club. We're here to be hopefully successful. The infrastructure is changing. So really we want to start pushing forward and making Portsmouth a real force. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's a club with a rich tradition, a rich heritage, but one that has an excellent relationship with its supporters. This is the Football Hour. The one team that stands out that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base that is amazingly passionate, is Portsmouth. Pompey's playoff chances were already dampened. Now they are absolutely drenched. Cutting in build into the area. Right, square ball. Great chance, circle goal. Cheltenham lead. It's been coming the last five minutes. And this time Gavin Bazunu cannot bail Port without. It would take an absolute miracle for the Blues to finish in the top six of this season with just six games remaining after one of the worst performances of the year on Saturday ended in defeat to Cheltenham Town. Head coach Danny Cowley was despondent after the final whistle but recognises the support shown in the stands deserve a hell of a lot better. We were nowhere near good enough. It's an unacceptable performance from us. On behalf of the players, I apologise to our supporters because a lot of them give up their time, their other money, and that was nowhere near, nowhere near good enough. Full reaction to come from the weekend's game, as well as a preview of tomorrow night's visit of Rotherham to PO4. So stay tuned and keep it 93.7 Express FM for the next 60 minutes. You're listening to the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. A very good evening and welcome to tonight's edition of the Football Hour, brought to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South. Download the app now from either the Apple app or Google Play Store to see updated timetable information and even track the next bus to arrive at your nearest stop. As always, Pompey fans, it is not just here in the studio we want to hear from tonight, but from you tuning in as well. Was Saturday Pompey's worst performance of the season, if not one of the most underwhelming? Who in this current squad deserves to be involved next campaign? And where do you think the Blues will end up in the table come April 30th? Is there anyone out there who still believes we can nick a playoff spot? To get in touch, simply text your name and message to 81400, starting those with the word express. Otherwise, you can email into pompey at expressfm.com. You can find us on Twitter and use at expressfm within your tweets or visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. I'll be back to welcoming my two guests in just a moment, but first, let's revisit Saturday afternoon, three o'clock in Gloucestershire, as Pompey made the short trip along to Wadden Road with the faintest of hopes that the playoffs may still be within reach, despite having not won any of their previous four league matches. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Ninety minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scored! This is you want to believe it? Pompey live. Here we go. Portsmouth blue shirts, white shorts, and white socks going from right to left as the players from both sides are applauded as they take the knee. Bond and Pompey send it long. And Walker is chasing. And Walker against Blair. And Walker goes to ground. He wants a free kick. He won't get one. He gets up, as does Blair. And Blair will drag it away. And the referee had a decision to make. And he opted not to blow the whistle. Blair would have had to have been sent off had he given a free kick there. As Cheltenham have all kinds of space on the right-hand side. Blair, corner of the penalty area. Cuts back in field. Chance for Blair to shoot. Deflected. Just wide of the post corner kick. Right-footed in towards it. The six-yard box, loose in the six-yard box. Shot comes in, blocked. Still can't be got clear. And then it's stabbed wide of the post. And a set-piece causing Pompey plenty of problems, but still nil-nil. Harness, and now Romeo with the chance to cross. Well worked into the near post. O'Brien tries to flick. Walker's efforts blocked. Still there. 
and it's put over the stand in saving it by Evans another Portsmouth corner kick nil-nil he's recovered quickly as Tunnicliffe tries to feed Curtis in that ball not quite there but a bit of mistake at the back and a great chance for a goal for O'Brien is that a foul from Boyle? no and Curtis and O'Brien can't believe it a slight challenge from Boyle he certainly got as much as man as ball as he stopped O'Brien putting the ball into the empty net corner is the verdict from referee Ollie Yates post chance for Hurst it's going to be for Jacobs oh how's that been cleared over the bar heroic defending from Matty Pollock and Pompey has set up the corner when it looked like Jacobs was going to send it into the net the corner comes into the danger area and the header is wide from Pollock he had risen so high he thought he was going to head into the back of the net but he didn't get the contact he wanted behind still nil-nil Raggett's header is going to go back to May he can break into the penalty area trying to take on Morel goes round Morel good from May drills it across goal losing the six yard box one block two block Zunu saving Pompey again and it's scrambled clear still nil-nil coming down the left-hand side cutting in field into the area right square ball great chance Serkham goal Cheltenham lead Liam Serkham it's been coming the last five minutes and this time Gavin Bazunu cannot bail Ports without Cheltenham Town 1 Pompey nil people looking at the referee wanting him to blow and Ollie Yates will oblige and Portsmouth poor run continues they've been beaten 1-0 here at Wadden Road every second of the action is right here Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars a 1-0 defeat for Pompey away to Cheltenham Town at the weekend then taking a look at some of the other results uh, from Saturday afternoon then Bolton Wanderers and Sheffield Wednesday uh, they drew 1-0 at the University of Bolton Stadium Burton Albion and Plymouth shared a 0-0 draw Cambridge beat Morecambe by two goals to one Doncaster were 2-0 victors over Crew Alexandra it finished Fleetwood 1 Atkinson Stanley 2 Gillingham 1 Wickham Wanderers 1 Lincoln City 1 Wigan Athletic 3 Oxford United 1 Sunderland 2 Rotherham 0 Charlton Athletic 2 tomorrow's opponents Rotherham going into tomorrow's game off the back of a defeat at home to Charlton Athletic uh, Shrewsbury Town 1 Ipswich Town 1 and there was a game also at Plough Lane where for some reason my computer is not telling me uh, the final score of the game between AFC Wimbledon and MK Dons uh, in fact that one did finish uh, one at Plough Lane. So take a look at the League One table then. Wigan remain top of the tree on 86 points and now in second place uh, are MK Dons. They leapfrog Rotherham United who dropped to third and three points behind the Dons but Rotherham do have two games in hand, one of which tomorrow night at Fratton Park. We'll come on to preview that game in a little while. Plymouth, Sheffield Wednesday and Sunderland make up the rest of the top six in the playoff places. Pompey dropped down to 11th place, now without a league win in five matches, three draws and two defeats within that time frame. Now 13 points adrift of the playoff positions. And looking at the bottom end of the table, then Crew, uh, they are rock bottom with 25 points. They lost uh, to Doncaster Rovers at the weekend, and they are now relegated down to League Two after two campaigns in the third tier. Crew Alexandra will be playing League Two football next season. Not yet relegated, Doncaster, Wimbledon and Gillingham make up the other relegation places. Morecambe, a 20th and just outside of the, of the drop zone on goal difference and quite literally by one goal. Um, they are just above Gillingham in that respect. OK, let's welcome in my two guests for this evening's conversation then. And first and foremost, delighted to welcome onto the show uh, Mr Tom Malley calling in from back home. Tom, great to have you here, mate. Hi mate, thanks for having me back on again. I wish it was under better circumstances, Tom. I, I really, really do. But a one-nil defeat to Cheltenham Town at the weekend, quite frankly, it was not good enough. No, uh, it wasn't, and it's a typical Pompey defeat when you need to win and um, don't produce the performance. It almost had shades of the playoff semi-final against Oxford a few years ago. Similar results, similar kind of performance, just didn't turn up on the day, and uh, you know, lost in a dodgy one-nil uh, victory and. Um, that's it, pretty much. Season's gone now, isn't it? I, I would say so. If anyone back home still believes that Pompey can get into the playoffs this season, six games remaining, a maximum of 18 points, 
we're 13 points off for playoffs and of course those currently in the top six have also got games to play it's not like we're playing six games and the rest have just stopped we, we've we've got quite a mountain to climb and within the next six games as well for Pompey we've got the likes of Rotherham United tomorrow we've got Sheffield Wednesday and the final day of the season we're going to athletic the penultimate game of the campaign three tough games within themselves there and of course uh, matches against Gillingham and Lincoln City and Morecambe in between as well it, it, it's it's possible but it's just not really likely, is it? Uh, Matt Corrick also joins us on the Footblower tonight. Matt, good evening. Evening, Jake. Thanks for having me back on again. You're very, very welcome. It's always great to have you on. Matt, am I being a bit harsh or am I quite simply being realistic? It's not going to happen, is it? No, no. I mean, you're, you're being realistic and I think probably with about 99% of other Pompey fans, Jake, you know, it, it, it's, it's a complete mountain. As you said, there's other teams um, that, that have got games to play and ultimately those other teams are performing way above our level at the moment and I just can't see us picking out 18 points out of 18 points, which is what it would take, Jake. Yeah. Uh, looking back to Saturday then, Tom, we, we mentioned prior, uh, prior to, to this point here, but it just was completely unacceptable on Saturday, rather a lazy performance as well. A lot of reaction from that game, from from supporters and social media at the match. We'll, we'll come on to talk about the the toxic the, the toxicity after the final whistle in just a moment. But the general consensus was that it just seemed as though a lot of the players on Saturday wearing blue were already on the beach, already condemning this season to to be finished. I know we're sat here right now saying the season is over, but we've got reason to do that. As professional footballers, did you see on Saturday that from 1 to 11, maybe they just thought the season's over and they're not really playing for much? Yeah, pretty much. It's like I said just now, you know, we turned up when we should have... Um, sorry, we needed to turn up and put in a performance in, and we didn't. And I think whilst it's still mathematically impossible to get into the playoffs, they should have been giving it their all, especially with two games in hand, you know, albeit them being against Rotherham and Wigan. But while it's mathematically impossible, you should be giving it all just in case, you know, a miracle can happen. But that didn't happen. Um, you know, as you said, they looked like they were on the beach already. And that, to be honest, it's been looking like that for the majority of the season. We've put two good runs together before Christmas and after Christmas at certain points, um, which just look like flukes, to be honest, when it comes to games like this. Um, and we, we just haven't been there all season, in my opinion, either. And it's not just really having anything to play for, Matt. Say, for example, for argument's sake, at this stage of the season, it, it is mathematically impossible for Pompey to achieve a top six finish. You still go to Cheltenham with 1,425 Pompey fans behind you, all of which have probably spent an average of £25 a ticket. You've got travel on top of that. I think the train tickets were in excess of £40. You've got lunch for the day, a few drinks in the pub. You're looking at a way day generally costs between between gen, genuinely £60 and £100 as an average. You look to go to these games, whether you've got anything to play for or not, to put on a show for your supporters who have spent their hard-earned money going to the game, taken the entire day out of their schedule to come and watch you. No matter whether you've got anything to play for or not, you've, you've quite simply got to put some sort of effort in. And quite frankly, we just didn't see that on Saturday. I mean, my, my point on this one, Jake, really, is I, I think, unfortunately, for a long time now, we've had a lot of players in this team that just don't get the city. Um, and don't get that, you know, as you said, this is a working class city who, who go to work week in, week out and pump their hard money back into the football club. And these players need to understand that. They need to get that. You know, we, we work for them. They've, they've got to put it back and, and it, it works both ways. And, you know, Saturday, is, as far as I'm concerned, was a complete and utter disgrace. And ultimately, it almost had shades of crew league two you know, sort of, again, and, and you said about the toxicity, and I think it was really thoroughly deserved on this instance. I, I haven't really got any way to stand up for, for that kind of performance. Yeah, uh, And some of the chants coming from the away end on Saturday, Tom, in include the likes of you're not fit to wear the shirt. Uh, that was embarrassing as well. One or two others I can't really repeat on air, but... It's sad to see because as supporters, as Pompey fans, we do pride ourselves on the fact that we are, well, we hope to be one of the loudest, one of the proudest in the division and we always get behind our team. Can you understand the frustration on Saturday? Can you actually understand for once why there were boos ringing around Wadden Road? We, we don't usually condemn it, but I think actually maybe the 1,400 or so in Cheltenham on Saturday had quite a point. Yeah, definitely. Um but it's become a, a recurring theme over the past few seasons, even under Kenny Jacket. 
Um, and I think it just goes to show that the fans are sick of being stuck in this league as well with no progression on the pitch. Again, this season, I think it's just been players that are half-heartedly putting in performances and when they need to turn up, they don't. It's just been too inconsistent and um, it's just not been good enough all season and the fans are sick of it. Are, are what, are we going to go into our sixth season in League One next season? Yeah. Uh, fifth or sixth? Um, and yeah, a, a club of our size should not be should not be doing that at all. We've now spent longer in this league than we have in League Two. Um, and it doesn't look like we're we're getting anywhere whatsoever. Yeah. And uh, it's not just that as well, Matt, but the, the league, it, it gets tougher. It gets tougher every single season. We've seen the likes of Sunderland, Ipswich, Sheffield Wednesday come down, Rotherham back down into League One this season. They're the biggest yo-yo club, I think, between the Championship and League One uh, that you could get. But you look at next season, Derby County, you look at probably Reading as well, possibly Barnsley. They always know how to get out of this division. Peterborough, um, they, they may not be too, doing too well in the Championship this season, but you just know they're going to be a threat at the top end of League One next season. This division gets harder and harder with every passing gear. Some are even calling it sort of a second championship with, with just less of less of less of a money being thrown about. And six seasons in, where does the buck stop? How, how do Pompey actually get out of this division? Is it quite simply more money being thrown into the playing pitch? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean exactly that. Um, I, I know it's vague, but you know a lot of fans are calling for it. Yeah, I mean, the the thing is, Jake, the, the model's completely wrong. You know, ultimately, the the, the ambition was to, to put money into the into the playing pitch and, and get this team promoted, and income comes from that. It's quite simple. Ch- championship football brings in a, a huge revenue that can then be put into the club. I understand the urgency that needed that Fratton Park needed at the time. You know, and fine that those, you know, minor things at the time maybe all right we had reduced capacity that we needed sorting out but they, they were dealt with and, and could have been dealt with swiftly but but six years you know th- this was never the plan and and you know the the brick by brick philosophy was was going to come from academy players coming through you know income and and, and players being snapped up from the academy that were, were progressing well and and there's none of this it's just stagnant and and now you know the, the development needs to, to you know, either hurry up so we can we can actually maybe in a few years get out of this league, or or ultimately we need to start putting money and and take a gamble and get this team out of the league and be playing Championship football and and then use that revenue to then, as I said, invest in the football club. Mm. Mark on the text says more like Sunderland and Ipswich. Give Danny a chance. I'm giving him a chance. I've not said anything about Danny Cowley being out, but Darren Darren Archer has on Facebook. He says Cowley out. Um, so quite contrasting there. Um, Brian Pomery says, wasn't at the game, but seeing the highlights and a couple of fans' vlogs, we had less quality than your typical puppet team. Um, look, Tom, none of us here uh, are by any means saying that Danny Cowley needs to go. I think that would be um, a, a big, big stretch. You know, we've said for so long, judge the new manager on free transfer windows. That's what Danny Cowley has said to the supporters, and I think I think that's quite fair as well. Um, going into next season, it's going to be a big, a big summer ahead, and... There are some calls for for Danny Cowley to be gone, but are you in agreement that these are quite quite a bit early on at the moment, less than a year or just over a year in? <laughs> yeah, I think the, the main problem is that this team is arguably weaker than the one he took over last season. Um, completely understand he wants to build his own squad. You know, had a massive overhaul in the summer, but it, it's it's not necessarily his own fault in the sense that he was not backed. You know, the players he's brought in have, have just not been there whatsoever he's had to rely on a lot of loans a few of which didn't work out I mean I think we sent about two or three back in January so then he's had to rebuild again in January and bring more in um, my main concern is that we've got more loan players to leave in the summer the squad's already thin enough as it is and it's almost like a second rebuild coming this summer and who's to say it's not going to be exactly the same again next season with this team that he's not going to be able to get the players and he wants they're going to be too weak they won't show up he won't get the financial back in and we'll be in exactly the same position again next year yeah. I think he's been hard done by to be honest this season and he's got a big challenge ahead of him and a lot of pressure on top of him for us to be in the playoffs by January next season Hmm. Absolutely Uh, Tom thank you Matt thank you as well mate we'll be back with you guys in just a few moments time do keep getting your messages into us here on the Footblower we'll be reading more of your thoughts out very very shortly if you don't know them by now here's how you can get in touch 81400 is our text number start your messages with the word express and add your name towards the end of them as well so we know who you are pompey at expressfm.com is our email address you can tweet in to at expressfm on twitter or you can head on over to facebook.com forward slash 
Pompey Live. In the next part of the show, we'll take a listen to that post-match interview with Danny Cowley, who refuses to defend his side nor make any excuses. I'm not in the frame of mind to create excuses. Listen, this is League One football. We know what the rules are. We have to play on a Tuesday, and we have to play on a Saturday, and then we have to go play again on a Tuesday. This is what it is, and we have to be physically robust enough, mentally tough enough to be able to cope with that, and ultimately today we won't. Join us again here on Express FM. We'll be back in just a mo. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back to part two of this evening's instalment of the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM, where I'm tonight joined alongside Tom Malley and Matt Corrick to review all of the action from Saturday's 1-0 defeat for Pompey away at Cheltenham Town. Uh, This season, the show is sponsored by Stagecoach Across the South, and you may have spotted their special new Jubilee bus, or their range of Jubilee buses, in your area. They've launched a competition where you can win £150 of high street shopping vouchers and all you have to do is find the bus and send them your best shot of it. You can find out more over at their website, stagecoachbus.com. Okay, uh, joining me tonight then, as I mentioned there, Tom and Matt, we're going to go back all the way to Saturday. Unfortunately, that's what tonight's show is all about. Matt, Saturday, we've already spoken about the lazy performance, we've spoken about the toxicity after the game. Let's go back to around about two o'clock when we found out the team news at, at Wadden Road. Then five changes to the side which drew one all at Bolton in midweek including a return for Sean Williams now first of all great to, great to see Sean Williams fully back and fit after what was a horrendous injury earlier in the season but why so many changes I mean it was odd to be honest with you I, I just didn't understand it um, I mean a couple of weeks ago I, I maybe would have got it because we looked puffed before that international break um, you know but I just, I, you know, you, you're starting a 35-year-old midfielder who's had a long injury um, and not really played any football. Um, and, I mean, it, it, it almost states, doesn't it, like, is, was there something, you know, that he felt that Williams was, was going to bring? Because ultimately, I didn't see it um, at all. Um, I didn't see it, unfortunately, before he got injured. Um, he's, I've not rated him this season um, at all. Um, so it, it just didn't scream well to me, and and the whole system it it just looked a bit odd. Um, it looked like a four four two was you know thinking that might change throughout the game, but it it just it seemed so odd that there was just so many changes, especially the Williams one. It just made no sense at all when when we've got players that you know I feel could have come in and and really put in a performance over him. Yeah, interested to hear uh, your stance on the five changes, Tom, including uh, a double change in midfield. Is it a case, do you think, of Danny Cowley seeing it as not accepting that the season's over, but pretty much maybe deep down acknowledging that perhaps it may be, uh, and rotating the squad to to give other players a run out to ensure that all of the members within his team are are happy and getting the minutes that that, that they want? Or do you see it as, whilst there is mathematically still a chance, you have to go with your 100% of what you think is your best starting eleven? What do you, what do you think? If the reason was, as you said, to rotate and give players minutes, then I think that's shocking whilst it is still mathematically possible to get playoffs. Um, I mentioned earlier, I think whilst it's still mathematically possible, you should be as competitive as you can in the hope that you might just be able to nick sixth. Um, I don't necessarily think it is for that reason I think that he knows we've got a, a busy schedule coming up we've got Rotherham again on Tuesday and with the squad thin as enough as it is he might just be trying to keep things fresh but trusting the players that he's bringing in to still do a job um, but five changes is is always going to put you at risk of not being able to put in the performance I think we did well at Bolton on, on Tuesday um, arguably maybe deserved the win and then the five changes he's done for Saturday, um, it's just gone the complete opposite direction. We don't know his reasoning behind it. I hope it's not because he's already given up on the season, but uh, who knows? Who knows? All right, the playoffs are always going to be a long shot, but as I said, whilst it's mathematically impossible, we should still try and be competitive. Uh, Tyler Walker started the game on Saturday. Matt, Danny Cowley sees something in, in, in the Coventry Loney, the, the striker who replaced... George Hurst in the starting 11. It was Hurst and O'Brien at Bolton. And it was George Hurst taken off for Walker 
at Bolton, um, despite maybe Aidan O'Brien looking a little bit uh, tired uh, during the latter stages of that game. On Saturday, it was Walker who started, and then it was Aidan O'Brien who made way later in the match for George Hurst to come on. Danny Cowley sees something in him. Matt, do you? Absolutely not, Jake. No, uh, absolutely not. Um, I mean, he's not giving us anything to see. And really is he, to be honest with you. Um, I think, it, you know, with him, I think, unfortunately, he, he doesn't fit the system and the way we play. Um, I've said it since O'Brien came into this team. You know, he's a striker that at least gambles. It's more than, than we saw a lot at the start of the season. Um, so, I, you know, O'Brien's probably more of a given for me now. Yeah, he does, you know, puff out, but the, the guy just has... You know, he, he chases everything down. He, he puts full effort in. So I understood that, but I can't see why Walker. He's given us nothing all season since he since he came. He's given nothing. You know, I thought maybe chucking him in at the Wimbledon game. There was a lot of judgment then that he didn't do anything that game, and I think that was a bit harsh. He was just chucked into a team that he just literally joined that day. So um, that judgment, I, I thought, you know, I'll give him a few games. But since then, he's he's given us nothing. Um, to, to sort of even think that, you know, he, he's going to bag, um, you know, a few goals for us towards the end of the season. And, and that's, you know, worrying when we've got the, the running that we've got. And, and while still, I suppose, mathematically, not that it's going to happen, but while still mathematically possible, we, we need to win games. And I, I don't think he's going to be the person that's going to do that for us. Yeah. Uh, Paul Ellis on Twitter says, can we change our name uh, next season to Loaned FC as Portsmouth FC? We are not Portsmouth team. We've not been Portsmouth team, but I've been watching over the many years. And on the subject of strikers, Tom, quite a bleak situation, but Danny Cowley finds him in for the summer, which is the fact. But, of course, George Hurst goes back to his parent club. He's currently on loan from Leicester City. And then you've got Aidan O'Brien, of course, out of contract in the summer as well. And Tyler Walker's loan from Coventry City, of course, ending at the end of the season. Um, it was a transition season, a rebuild campaign for Danny Cowley. We, we mentioned earlier in the show about how this summer transfer window is going to be a very big one. This is the one where maybe you do judge the management team. But he's got to get a, an entirely new striking force in. Start from scratch again. Yep, it's like I said earlier, um, he's got to start from scratch all over again this summer, which is... I just don't understand it, to be honest. Um, he should have had players brought in permanently in the summer to have this transition season so that they'd be ready to go next season. But that's not happened. And now we've got to start from scratch again. Um, I'd give O'Brien a contract personally, even if it's just for a year. I think he's done enough to show that he can be a good squad player at least. Um, but the loans have just been horrendous. But that's what you get when you loan youngsters from Premier League clubs. And, um, well, I don't really know what to say about Tyler Walker. He should be performing at this level, but he just hasn't. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, some more tweets and texts and emails to get through as well. Lee Davies on Twitter. Reality check needed on those players on Saturday. Not fit enough at all. They deserve everything. You play like that tomorrow night, then good luck. You'll certainly hear it all again. You still have games to play and not on the beaches yet. Now go and perform better tomorrow, please. Thank you, Lee, for getting in touch on Twitter. Do keep getting your messages into the panel, Pompey fans. We've got plenty more to read out in just a few moments' time. But first of all, we're going to hear the post-match thoughts of Danny Cowley who caught up with Max Swatton on the touchline at Wadham Road on Saturday. Danny, what do you put that defeat down to? Second half, we were nowhere near good enough. It was an unacceptable performance from us. Um, and on behalf of the players, you know, we, uh, I apologise to our supporters because a lot of them give up their time, their hard money, and uh, that was nowhere near, nowhere near good enough. How disappointing is it that you couldn't carry the momentum from the Bolton game into today? Yeah, absolutely. I thought first half it was a competitive game. I thought we had some, some good moments and some good chances. Um, but second half I didn't like us at all. No, I thought we were really short. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a hard one to take because it was um, yeah, a really poor performance, devoid of intensity, devoid of energy. Um, and just lacks so much quality. You know, sometimes we got into good moments. I mean, we must have turned them them over in their own half over 20 times, and weren't able just to make the the, the first forward pass to then then create the opportunity. And um, yeah, time and time again, we got we got to the final third, and um, yeah, our quality was well short. Can you put the difference of performances in either half down to anything? No, there's no excuses. I'm not in. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not in the frame of mind to, to create excuses. Listen, this is League One football. We know what the rules are. We have to play on a Tuesday and we have to play on a Saturday. 
Um, and then we have to go play again on a Tuesday. This is what it is, and we have to be physically robust enough, mentally tough enough to be able to cope with that, and, and ultimately today we won't. Yeah, another game on Tuesday. How are you going to prepare for that one? Well, listen, I'm going to get over the disappointment of today first, because, listen, that's things. Uh, you know, I don't like to see my team perform in that way, and, and, and ultimately, listen, we all take collective responsibility for that, because we were well short, and... Um, you know, ultimately, listen, it's never a nice feeling when you let people down, and that's exactly what we did today. A very short uh, post-match interview with the manager on Saturday there, Danny Cowley, probably one of the shortest of the season. Nonetheless, Tom, very, very powerful with the words that Danny Cowley uh, gave to Max there. Very powerful indeed. Apologising to the supporters, it's not good enough, and the attitude of his players wasn't there. No excuses whatsoever. Can, can, could you expect anything other than, than those kind of messages from Danny Cowley? No, not really, um, and it's understandable. I think he said his message with how short the interview was, and the you know the um, well, he was just he was just sounded so like a broken man to be honest. And I don't I don't blame him. Um, he's been let down by his players as well. I think he has had a lot of a lot of flack aimed his way. That's been unfair. You know, at the end of the day, yes, he brings in the players and he, he manages them, but they've got to do a job on the pitch. Um, they've proved they can put runs together, but then they there's just no consistency. They just don't have it in them, and I think he knows that. And I think. He's probably worried heading into next season because if if he can't, you know, bring in the right players yet again, he's he's not got a future at this club. Yeah. Uh, some more emails coming in as well. Matt Wheatley, uh, hi Jake and the team. Saturday's performance was really poor and you could tell the players had already given up on the playoffs. I know it was always unlikely we'd get in, into the top six anyway, but the minimum you expect from a Pompey team is to give 100%. This summer is going to be huge in terms of transfer business. It is all very well trying to recruit younger players who may have a sell-on value, but without leaders and characters who can grab a game by the scruff of the neck, I feel we'll be a streaky average team next year too. If we don't put a half-decent run together between now and the end of the season to give us a bit of hope going into next year or make a statement signing to get fans excited, we could easily see a drop in attendances and season tickets as well. I'm not totally dejected yet, but things need to improve massively this summer. Matt, thank you for getting in touch. Graham Wilkins, who says, Hi, Jake. Hi, lads. This Pompey squad on paper looks a good side, but unfortunately they are failing on all fronts, and this is turning out to be a season to forget with certain players not fit to wear a Pompey shirt. Firstly, Tyler Walker may as well go back to Coventry. He just doesn't do anything on match days. Ronan Curtis, in my opinion, does not look interested. And I think teams know how he plays and he's been nullified on many an occasion this season. Pompey fans deserve a lot better uh, than what we're being dished up with week after week. And I can't see anything changing next season unless there is money to spend on proven players. If we hadn't had Gavin Bazuna this year, we could have well uh, been in a relegation battle as he has saved us more times than I can remember. All I hope is this team give the Pompey fans some decent performances from Tuesday till the end of this forgettable season. Hard-working fans deserve hard-working players and will not like playing at Fratton Park if they perform badly because the fans will let them know in their voices what they really think if tomorrow is anything like Saturday. Another powerful message there from Graham Wilkins on the emails. Thank you, uh, Graham, for your interaction this evening. Matt, got to bring it up as well. We are berating the players this evening. It's it's not a nice one tonight, but deserved. I think as I think, for general consensus is. However, very good point within that inter, uh, within that email from Graham Gavin Bazunu. Another fantastic performance on Saturday. He's probably one of maybe two players who don't deserve the flak that we're given at the moment. Yeah, I, I think I could probably agree with that. Um, to be honest with you, I mean, even on Saturday, Baz was was unreal. Um, you know, and it, it could have been you know a few more if it wasn't for him in that game. So, um, you know, yeah, he's he's had a couple of mistakes this season, but he's a young goalkeeper. But you can see um, the absolute you know talent that he's got, and and you can see he's going to be heading to the top. And unfortunately, we're going to lose his services, which you know is going to be a massive concern. And as you say, you know, um, maybe one or two for me. Um, that I would be looking at keeping um, out of the current bunch that we've loaned in. Um, but other than that, um, yeah, the, it's deserved, Jake. And I think, as you, you quite rightly said, and I think Tom said earlier on as well, you know, that the fact that, that there is any kind of thought going through that football club at the moment that, you know, it should just be over and, and we're packing the season in when we've got games like Wigan 
Rotherham. I mean, Rotherham, I'm, I'm trying to think what's going to happen in that game. Um, and obviously, you know, we'll talk about that later. But it, anything like that, again, on Saturday, um, on, on Tuesday, sorry. And, you know, it, it's going to be bad again. And, and quite rightly, I think, you know, there's a lot of songs coming out on, on social media today about contract renewals and, and drops of, of wages. And ultimately, if that's true, then, you know, it's a real concern, isn't it, to be honest with you? Yeah. And looking at the stats from Saturday's game, Tom, 17 shots for Pompey, which was actually more uh, than Cheltenham mustered up. Danny Carley again mentioned within his interview just a few moments ago that probably over 20 opportunities Pompey had in carving open for Cheltenham defence and getting a getting an effort towards their final third on to goal. So it would be wrong to assume that based upon those stats that, that Pompey actually actually played pretty well, that we, we were in the game for large periods and maybe a 1-0 defeat is a little bit undeserved. However, I think if you were there, if you're listening on the radio, if you're watching on iFollow, maybe you could actually paint a different picture. On, on this case, do the stats lie a little bit? Yeah, clearly. Um, according to the stats, we dominated the game. Um, did it look like that? Absolutely not. Uh, what, 17 shots or something? I think you said, well, how many yeah. of those were on target? And um, again, I think it just relates back to the strikers. We haven't had the players to finish them or at least have the ability to to get it on target. Um, so, yeah, those, those stats are deceiving. Um, don't reflect the game whatsoever, um, miraculously. And um, th- there's not really much more to say, to be honest. No. It's, it was just dire. 17 shots for Pompey in total, 57% possession. Of those 17 shots, only five on target, nine corners um, for, for Pompey in that game on Saturday. But once again, unfortunately, it was a the kind of tale where nine corners, how many of them actually went into a threatening position? Not too many of them, unfortunately. Um, right, we're going to be back in just a few moments' time. We'll try to perk up the mood a little bit because we've got a big game to preview tomorrow night and certainly a winnable one of, oh no, it's Rotherham tomorrow night. But we've got a game to preview nonetheless. And we'll get the final thoughts of Tom and Matt in just a few moments' time, but also hear the post-match reaction of Pompey women's head coach Jay Sadler after they picked up a very good win on Sunday afternoon. You won't want to go anywhere in the next few minutes because it's time for the conclusion of the Football Hour in just a moment's time. This is the Football Hour 93.7. Express FM. Welcome back for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on Express FM. Driven to you this season by Stagecoach across the South. You can visit their website stagecoachbus.com for timetable information, uh, route updates and fair prices as well. This evening I'm joined alongside Tom Malley and Matt Corrick. We've uh, already delved into Saturday's 1-0 defeat at Cheltenham Town. We've got a few more points on that one to make before we do quickly move on and, and one of those, Tom, unfortunately it was Liam Serkin who bagged the winner on Saturday afternoon against Pompey. That takes his tally against Pompey uh, over the last seven years uh, to four. All, all four different teams as well. For Exeter, back in 2014, Liam Serkin scored against the Blues. For Oxford in 2015, Bristol Rovers in 2018 and now Cheltenham Town in 2022. One of those players, Tom, Pompey just cannot shake. Yeah, and it's a surprise to um, to find out he's actually not one of our former players, considering they love scoring against us once they leave Fratton Park. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, so, so I saw the stat the other day. He scored for us. Um, sorry, scored against us for all four of his clubs, I think. Mm. Um, so yeah, another another typical thing to happen to Pompey, I guess. Another player that can just dominate and uh, always turn up against us. But um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, what do you want me to say? I mean, it's just like a, <laughs> another thing that Pompey can. Um, you know, just embarrass himself with, to be honest. Yeah. Got to laugh about something, haven't you? Just just one of those stats that Pompey just really want to get rid of. <laughs> the next time we play Liam Serkin, we really do hope that maybe he moves to League Two next season or the Championship and we'll probably end up getting inside in, in the FA Cup or something. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> we'll, we'll end on this one, Matt. Um, we're not going to end on a positive because there's nothing to take away positively from Saturday. Cheltenham Town had going into kickoff one of the worst defences in the league, conceded 71 goals, uh, and only Crew and Doncaster, who are the, the, the division's bottom two and looking likely for League Two football next season, boast a worst defensive record. Pompey made them look like prime Real Madrid, Ramos and Pepe at the back. It, they just. But Pompey just couldn't get through. One of the worst defences in the league. And I think that's probably one of the most dis- disappointing parts of that game. Yeah, 
yeah, and I and I think that kind of you know goes with, with what we said earlier. Number one, um, the, the the starting lineup, oh, just you know, it, it, it happened. It almost sort of rang bells a bit with, with you know, he, Cowley did similar against um, Fleetwood at home, and and we looked all over the place, and and you know when when that came out. I just thought to myself that we, this is not going to, to sort of be the right lineup to, to play that sort of side, you know, regardless of, of the amount of goals they conceded this season. You know, I, I said earlier in the year I was on for the, for the game at home to Cheltenham and, and, you know, I think everyone had this opinion that we were going to just roll them over and, and that game was to all, you know, and they're, they're still a big physical side and, and regardless of that, I'm not making excuses because, you know, we, we ultimately just basically as you said made them look like they were you know pushing for for a playoff spot and and ultimately you know when when you see that and you see that a team who've conceded that many goals and, and are below us in the table and, and we're actually making them look like they're the team going for a playoff spot when we were the ones meant to be doing that just you know as you said there's no, just just no positive out of this at all no. We'll move on to a positive, but it's got nothing to do with the men's game, unfortunately, from the weekend. Now, if you throw your minds back to last Sunday, the Pompey women uh, played at Frasson Park, unfortunately, were defeated by three goals to nil to the MK Dons in the league. But this Sunday, just gone yesterday, they had the chance to exact their revenge at Stadium MK, and they did exactly that. Sherelle Cassell was the only goal scorer of the game, as the Pompey women claimed a 1-0 victory over the Dons and uh, after the game Max Watton yet again caught up with Pompey women head coach Jay Sadler Victory on the road Jay how pleased are you with that one? Yeah extremely pleased um, I think we showed different facets to our game today um, obviously having only played MK last weekend we knew what kind of game it was going to be we knew it was going to be a tight game a game where you're going to have to show the non-negotiables you're going to have to fight for each other and I think we did that um, started probably slower than I would have liked um, obviously our prep leading into this game with, with Danny Lane falling out of the team early this morning wasn't ideal I think Tam had a superb first half um, coming into that that eight roll and I think we started probably slower them they, they, they put put us under pressure a few long balls that we had to deal with and then it was about us trying to find territory trying to get out um, occupy spaces and I think as soon as we played through half spaces we were able to get Shirelle and Emma on the ball and they can turn at the back line um, and control play. Um, opportunities opened and we had several opportunities in the first half. I'd like to look at two of them back from Relly. Looked very tight, both flagged offside, but, but both looked really tight from where we were. Um, and even we had the early chance um, that was saved by the keeper. And I think their keeper made another great save from Ava Robotham's strike. So, but to get the goal is, is what we needed in that second half. We've, we've come in half-time, similar to last weekend, nil-nil felt again we grew into that first half and then second half we've come out fighting we've come out showing exactly what we're about I think the change at half time hurt us and um, with Tam coming off I think she controlled a lot of the ball in the middle of the park and then when Annie came on she gave us loads of energy she, she was making runs out wide runs through half spaces and we were able to, to gain more territory and then the goals come through a, a world work piece of play great crossing by Sammy we've worked it around the combination Nay with a slip through ball and a quality finish by, by Shirelle and then towards the end, we've had to dig in deep. We've had to fight. We've had to send on jazz. We've had to go to a five. We've had to defend the spaces in and around the box. We know they've got some real good talent. And we did have bodies on the line, ultimately, not only to get the clean sheet, but to get another win. The goal came five minutes after the restart. What was your message at half-time? Your message at half-time was, I feel like the performance problem is we weren't able to, to get pressure on the back line. As soon as we did, their goalkeepers got a number of clubs in a locker where she can clip one over and um, they were creating wide overloads and we had to nullify that and then try and hit spaces on the counter um, as well as that it was just about trying to get our eights in half spaces um, and then trying to look at the, the timing and the rotations of the wide triangles in order to create space I think we were too static at times in the first half when we were trying to through the building phase and the progression phase and as soon as we were able to get eights dropping and fullbacks high or we were able to get um, the nines dropping in and then we can get a runners in behind as soon as we got that we were able to pull out the plays and it was just about the decision making of the pass and as soon as we got the right pass we were able then to, to create openings and we had a lot of the openings again I think we had a lot of high quality chances the goalkeepers pulled off two or three good saves likewise so is Hannah Horton um, towards the end there she's pulled off a fantastic save and Again, maybe a lack of concentration um, through all the games we've had. It's, it is hard physically and, and extremely mentally as well. So to get under the clean sheet is extremely pleasing for, for the whole team too.
Great to hear there from Pompey Women head coach Jay Sadler after their 1-0 victory over the MK Dons in the FA Women's National League yesterday afternoon. And Jay Sadler will be joining us here on Pompey Live tomorrow evening from 7 for the visit of Rotherham United to Fratton Park. So six games remaining for Pompey to try and rescue something out of this season. Mathematically still possible to achieve a top six finish. But first of all, they've got to get past a side who look likely to be finishing within the automatic promotion spots this season. Before we move on to preview that game and talk about some of the latest transfer rumours, let's take a closer look into tomorrow night's opponents. Following the defeat to Cheltenham at the weekend, Pompey remained without a win since the 8th of March. They are now 13 points adrift of the playoffs with just seven games to play, but with two in hand on those above them. The first of which, this week, against Rotherham United. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. Danny Cowley has a monumental task ahead of him if the Blues are to achieve a top six finish this season. The midweek visit of automatic promotion hopefuls Rotherham comes at a time where Pompey is struggling to pick up maximum points. Now five matches without victory. Last time out between these two sides, it was the Millers who came out on top by a scoreline of four goals to one at the New York Stadium back in October. Let's take a closer look into the side likely to be playing championship football in just four months' time. Manager. This week's opponents are managed by former Millers midfielder Paul Warren. The 48-year-old who retired from playing in 2012 has been in charge of the club since his appointment in November 2016, following the resignation of Kenny Jackett. Warren had joined the backroom staff of the South Yorkshire club immediately after his retirement and was granted a testimonial soon after on account of his services to Rotherham as a player, coach and joint caretaker manager. He has overseen 276 competitive matches as boss, 105 of which have been victories, thus a win percentage of 38. Twice has Paul Warren gotten the club out of League One, winning the playoffs in 2018 and finishing runners-up in 2020, likely to make it a hat-trick this season. One to watch. After an impressive eight league appearances so far and a breathtaking performance against Sutton in the Papa John's Trophy final recently, our one to watch this time around is Arsenal loney Jordi Osei Tutu. The 23-year-old from Slough plays as a fullback, and this is his fourth loan spell from the Gunners since turning pro in 2017. Enjoying time out with Bochum in Germany, Cardiff City and Nottingham Forest before making a temporary move to the New York Stadium. Jordi has yet to score an English Football League goal, but did bag the dramatic 96th-minute equaliser in that trophy final just a few weeks ago. Keep an eye out for the player wearing the number seven shirt for Rotherham this time around. Top scorer. With 18 goals to his name so far this season, Michael Smith is Rotherham's leading scorer. The 30-year-old former Pompey striker has been with the Millers since the January of 2018, having signed on a permanent deal from then fellow League One outfit Berry. Since then, he has scored 51 goals from 182 league appearances. Whilst representing the Blues for half a season in 2016, Smith netted four goals from 16 appearances before signing permanently the following campaign and scoring three in 18. Current form. Back-to-back league defeats have ensured Rotherham slipped down to third in the league table alongside the incredible run MK Dons have been on, now 15 unbeaten and seconds above the Millers. Though Paul Warren's side do have two games in hand to close the gap of just three points to the Dons and they could return to the automatic promotion positions with a win over Pompey this week, boasting a much better goal difference. In between the two recent league defeats, Rotherham claimed silverware at Wembley, dramatically beaten Sutton United 4-2 after extra time to win the Papa John's Trophy. So, can Pompey bounce back from Saturday's defeat or will the Millers extend the Blues' winless run to six matches? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. Thank you, me, for a closer look at tomorrow's opponents, Rotherham United, who visit Fratton Park for match day number 41 of this League One season. Not too much longer to talk about that one. Tom and Matt joining us on the show tonight. First of all, uh, Tom, very quickly, Michael Smith, 18 league goals this season. You mentioned earlier, former Pompey strikers usually coming back and haunting the Blues. Well, we've got one again tomorrow night. Yeah, put money on it. Money for him to score against us. Um, it's bound to happen. I mean, I think he got two against us back in um, October when we when we lost four one up there, um, and he, he was exceptional. To be honest, to be fair play to him, he got you know we had a torrid time down here and got a stick from the fans, but he's he's done well for Rotherham. Um, 
and yeah, more than likely to score against us tomorrow night mm. for sure. Do you think Rotherham at the moment, Matt, are currently enduring some sort of Wembley hangover or some sort of hangover from their trophy run at least? Yeah, I mean, yeah, any any team that has to play extra time is always going to be putting in, you know, a bit of extra work. And it's been a long season. They, they've, you know, regardless of how easy they've made it look, you know, they've they've had to work for their wins. And you know, ultimately, there's going to be stages in the season where teams look, you know, tired, and and maybe that that's where they're at at the moment. Um, I, I still think they've they've got quality all over the pitch that's going to see them over the line, and I, I think they'll be the the automatic. Um, position that goes up to be honest with you yeah uh geordie say 2-2 we mentioned in this week's opposi- opposition just a few minutes ago the player to look out for tomorrow night michael smith a top goal scorer for the millers as well will grigg currently on loan at the club from sunderland freddie Lad- ladapo as well as well as midfielder jamie Lindsay, who of course was linked with a move to pompey in january but nothing quite materialized maybe that will be something that crops up again in the summer jamie Lindsay, a very strong midfielder uh in selection for rotherham tomorrow night latest rumour that we're seeing on social media today do take it with a, a very large pinch of salt Pompey fans but a number of clubs are reportedly interested in uh, Morecambe striker Cole Stockton well I've been interested in signing Lionel Messi doesn't mean it's going to happen but Cole Stockton interest apparently from Preston North End Wickham Wanderers Peterborough United Rotherham and Pompey as well it goes without saying Tom Cole Stockton would be a pretty decent signing Oh yeah, definitely. He's uh, he's really turned up for Morecambe this season. Um, yeah, uh, he's proven that he can score goals at this level. Will we get him? Probably not. We like to miss out on players that we're always linked with, um, and he'll probably get a, a bigger move maybe to the Championship if he if he uh, scores a few more goals before the end of the season. But that would be a, a class strike and exactly the type of player you want in your team. One more email from Dave Byrne. Even Jake can find about performance and result on Saturday. A difficult one to get over. More than ever, I can't see anything other than another squad overhaul ahead in the summer. Uh, Tom Malley, a very, 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 very quick score prediction from you, please. Tomorrow, Pompey, Rotherham. I'd expect us to get slapped about 3-0, to be honest. But my <laughs> head just thinks, typical Pompey, we beat them. I'm, honestly, wow. I'm going to go for a 1-0 Pompey. It just wouldn't surprise me. It wow. just wouldn't surprise me. Tom, thank you very much. Matt, how about you, mate? Uh, I'm going to be the, the reality person here and, and say 3-1 Rotherham. <laughs> I, I think they've got too much quality yeah. and they've shown that all season. Our performances are poor. Um, yeah, we need to bounce back, but you know, I, I think class will show in the end. Yeah, thank you, lads. My prediction also, for what it's worth, is a 3-1 defeat for Pompey tomorrow as well. You can join us here on Pompey Live from 7 o'clock. All the unmissable action. This is Pompey Live. Pompey are winless in their last five league matches. And that's the final action of the game. It's a result which doesn't do much for either side. Playoff chances. Things can only get better, hopefully. Next up, Rotherham United on Tuesday night at Fratton Park. Join us for all of the unmissable action Tuesday from 7. Pompey versus Rotherham United will be right here on Pompey Live. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Well, we have reached the conclusion of this evening's edition of the Football, which means we must now say goodbye to our two guests. Tom Malley, thank you very much for your time tonight. No worries, my pleasure as always. Thank you. And to you, Matt Corrick as well. As ever, it has been a pleasure to have you on the show. Yeah, pleasure, Jake. Hopefully next time we'll have something a bit more positive to talk about. Here's hoping. Here's hoping. Uh, so that is the end of tonight's show. I do apologise if it's been quite a negative one, but at the end of the day, Pompey have lost 1-0 to Cheltenham Town, one of the worst defences in the league. It was always going to be a little bit negative, wasn't it? However, some positives coming your way here on Express FM. You can forget about Saturday. We can move on to tomorrow night's game. We take on Rotherham. We probably will do a Pompey and end up winning, won't we? But coming up on the station tonight, Jeff and Ada back with the Soft Rock Show straight after the news at 7. They'll be chatting with JJ Burnell, founding member of of the Stranglers as well as playing music from events in this week in history Kevin Stokes returns with that 80 show between 9 and 11 tonight before the Express wind down from 11 through to the early hours of Tuesday morning Nicola Lashley it's her final week on breakfast this week she's back tomorrow morning from 6.30 Gloria Miller's back from 10 through till 1 Ian James with 1 through till 4 with Victory Ears from 2 as well and Mason Jordan with your drive home between 4 and 7 before Pompey Live myself Robbie and Jay Sadler from Fratton Park can Pompey return to winning ways? Join us tomorrow from 7 to find out. Until then, have a great evening. Take care and play out Pompey. Good night. <laughs>